children, we're starting. That's right. Showtime! Another fresh picked pod from audiotu.com. Shutters Inc. With Shelton Muller. Might wish to stay on and listen. Hi, and welcome to episode 79, version 2.0 of Shadows <laughs> Inc. <laughs> this is Bruce Williams from Audio2.com, and with me on the line from Melbourne via Skype once again, Shelton Muller. How are you, mate? I'm really well. <laughs> Do you want to explain version 2.0? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as most people would know, I'm uh, a big fan of Adobe Audition. It's what I record and edit in, and I'm also a beta tester of the same product, and over the last two or three weeks, I have used a beta version of what will become version three of Audition to record and edit this podcast. And on Thursday morning of this week, Shelton and I recorded this episode, which, you know, was like 40 minutes long. I got to the end of it. Talk about pressed, loquacious. Yeah, mm. pressed stop and, um, you know, said goodbye to Shelton, hung up the Skype call and went to start editing it and found that both of the voice tracks were completely corrupt. Mm. And... Uh, I just assumed that it was something else on my system. I didn't point the finger at Audition because I'd used this version, uh, you know, for three weeks prior and had no dramas. But, uh, yeah, it turns out that, well, it certainly would appear to be something to do with the beta version. So I've gone back to using version 2 to record it and I'll then mix it and edit it in version 3. So... <laughs> <laughs> So that's why it's version 2.0 of episode uh, 7. Let me tell you, gang, bed was so warm this morning. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cold Melbourne oh, morning yeah. this morning, and bed was so warm, but this Bruce Williams guy gets me out of bed <laughs> so we can talk to you guys about photography. You know, we must really love you. We, you know, If you're sitting there in your car or you're on your iPod listening to us, let me just tell you how much we love you, all yeah. right? <laughs> Am I right, Bruce? Do Absolutely, we love them? Absolutely, we do love them. And now who else? Uh, Sorry. And we also love the guys at Joby. Who, well, I was just going to, great minds, because I was yeah. just going to say exactly the same thing. This week's episode uh, of Shutters Inc. is proudly brought to you by uh, Joby. Yeah. www.joby.com. J-O-B-Y. J-O-B-Y. Now, we hope you've all received your, uh, the winners of, well, we're sure you've all received your Gorilla Pods by now. It'd be lovely to hear from you, actually, mm -hmm. if you have and what you're using it for. But we're going to um, uh, talk about the Gorilla Pod a little bit this morning because it's such a fantastic thing. Yeah. It sure is. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm not one for gadgets. I'm really not. Uh, I think we carry around enough gear as it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> without carrying, you know, crazy little things that, uh, you know, people are making in China and selling. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, 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 it's crazy what, what they suggest we carry around. But I, I wouldn't want to be without my Gorilla Pod now. I really wouldn't, especially considering that I carry my uh, Caplio GX100 or my Ricoh GR with me all the time. Mm -hmm. I've got a I've got a sturdy little tripod to put it on now. Not only is it a tripod, but it wraps around everything, and it's uh, you know you can use it if you're doing a night shot in the city and you've just got your little compact with you or something. You wrap it around a railing on a bridge or a you know a, a branch of a tree. You wrap it around you know anything. Put it on anything, and there's this portable little tripod that's very sturdy and allows you to take photographs that you otherwise wouldn't be able to take it's it's absolutely fantastic yeah really really well designed too isn't it mate absolutely i mm. I, I was amazed at how rigid the legs were yeah you know because you look at it and you think well gee you know with the, the way the they're sort of contoured in and out sort of a zigzag pattern it, it doesn't look very thick at the narrowest point yeah uh, and yet they're amazingly rigid 
what I was concerned with was looking at how flexible the legs were, that they would be too flexible. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. And, and they would just bend under the, the you know, uh, they wouldn't really, uh, if you wanted it straight like a little mini tripod, it wouldn't work. But actually it worked brilliantly. Mm. Um, very yeah. sturdy. Rubberized feet, um, you know, so it sticks, it doesn't move or slip on the surface. It's got a quick release clip as, uh, yep. as well, so you can put that on your camera and keep it there. And, hey, and, the, and the great on. thing about that is how small that quick release clip is. Like, yeah. you could leave that permanently attached to the bottom of your, you know, your, mm. your GX100, for example. Yep. And, and it wouldn't be cumbersome by being there. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and, then, fact, and then, and then, and then, when, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when yeah. you wanted it, you just yeah slip it on top, and you're already set up. Yeah, and away you go. It yeah, really as is much terrific. as I love my man Frodo, you know mm -hmm. that is quite a a fiddly thing to get the that base plate onto the camera. Oh yeah, I mean we would never suggest, and neither would people at Joby suggest that this is your tripod. You know this, no. but I tell you what, if you're a hiker, a camper, a mountaineer, oh, you know, yeah. an outdoor person, oh, it's fantastic. And next week, of course, we're going to be talking about the uh, the digital SLR GorillaPod, which is the larger version. Yeah, right. Which um, you could very easily just put in your gadget bag or your backpack uh, if you were traveling the world with an SLR and didn't want to carry a tripod. And I mean, I imagine that that would certainly be you know a problem for me because I like my tripod i take it with yeah. me when i travel you know it's a Likewise. big thing as well and uh but if if i was you know trying to travel light or you know motorcycling around the world or something <laughs> like that or or a cyclist like yourself it would be you know a fantastic thing to uh to carry because it's sturdy and so incredibly flexible or pliable you yeah know? So uh, if you haven't, if you're listening out there and you haven't checked out this little accessory, head down to your local photo retailer and look at it because uh, you already have a tripod, that's no doubt the case. But as we've often spoken about on Shutter Zinc, we need to have a little camera with us that keeps us thinking uh, and mm -hmm. you know, keeps us creatively uh, unblocked, as it were. You know, if you, if you don't have your camera with you all the time, sometimes what you, you learn or you forget, you know, how you've learned to see. Um, I, if I carry a camera, I'm always conscious of angles and, and, and compositions and light and people and moments. And, you know, carrying that with you is great. But uh, having the little gorilla pod there in your pocket, you know, which it can quite easily fit in, is fantastic um, and would suggest you certainly carry it around. If you um, want to have a look, and we would suggest you do this, go to www.joby.com and have a look at uh, this some videos on that website that show the gorilla pod in use and some of the reviews that it gets and if you haven't had a look at one yet go down and have a look at one in fact just buy the darn thing and not <laughs> that expensive exactly yeah. and and trust us uh, you will find that it is a really great little accessory in fact um, and I have mentioned this on Shutter's Inc. before I've used my gorilla pod as a lifesaver for my off-camera flash yeah right you know, you, we've talked a lot, Bruce, haven't mm. we, about, about, you know, direct camera flash, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows that it's, you know, one of How my How much you bears. love it. Um, I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Fantastic. And, you love know, those red-eye monsters. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and all that lovely non-dimensional form that they, you know. Uh, you know, what, what's with that, you know? But look, take your flash off your camera um, and either attach it with a little slave cell that you can buy, or if, it's, uh, if it happens to be, you know, wirelessly connected, 
connected like my Nikon flash unit is uh, and set it off on something, you know, put it on the gorilla pod, wrap it around a, f a fence, a tree, a branch, anything that you that you want to. And there you've got this, you know, you've got your portable assistant there with a flash on it. Yeah. So it has these multiple uses that are very practical. And that to me is the big thing. I'm not a gadget freak. I'm really not. That's why, you know, Shutters Inc. has never been about the latest gear, because to me, um, if it's a tool of the trade, that's what it is. But, you know, I'm not a gadget freak. Uh, the Gorillapod, though, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is cool. But when I owned one, oh, completely different kettle of fish. I don't know how you feel about it, Bruce, but uh, you know, it was fascinating to yeah. see. Oh, that's a cool idea. But when I got one in my hand, hot little hands and I started using it, I thought, man, this thing has a million uses. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I um I I use it for uh, if 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 I've got small things that I want to sell on eBay, uh -huh. I'll 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 sit them on the kitchen bench because our our kitchen bench you, you know that man-made granite, yes yeah there's a few different products ours is called Silestone, mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's a it looks like granite but it's man-made and it's got a colour through it ours is a deep red and right. I quite often sit things that I want to sell on eBay I'll just sit them on there, mm -hmm. and then I can get Kath's little digital compact and put it on the Gorilla Pod. And, yep. uh, you know, there you go. One instant little uh, studio with backdrop, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it is. It's great. I did exactly the same thing. In fact, I needed a, a close-up photograph of the back of my camera for right. an article. Um, so I just put the camera on my desk. I put the, uh, my little uh, GX100 on macro mode. Uh, yep. I put it on the Gorilla Pod and photographed the back of my camera just an inch away. I needed to photograph the little metering switch at the back. Oh, yeah. Uh, for an article that I'm doing in Total Image on metering. Cool. And um, I was able to do a macro shot because the GX100 has fabulous macro. Uh, and I used the, the Gorillapod to keep it steady. I didn't have to go and set up the whole darn yeah. thing. You yep. know, the sh just, just for one quick photo, I needed to, to, you know, for... It didn't need to be a work of art, <laughs> but I needed it I needed yeah, it sharp, exactly. you know? Yeah. Uh, and the Gorillapod was fabulous for it. So again, go to www.joby.com and have a look at this. Uh, if indeed you know you're you're curious, and then head on down to your photo retailer, and if he's not stocking him, uh, I would suggest get violent, and then make sure that you uh, <laughs> that you order it from him. You know? uh, yeah. Because you know, really, the, I, I walked into a photo retailer here in Melbourne the other day, and he had all you know, he had every different kind of gorilla pot. I think there's three variations, and he had them on right. in stock on the. On so that's the the, you know, the, the mini, the SLR, and the monopod. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. And you know the uh, no, there's the there's the the mini. Or is it which the is, SLR zoom? SLR zoom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yep, yep, yep. the digital, and then there's the larger one with the SLR zoom, which is which is great. Um, and you know, I I've got the the little one. I want to get the big one now. Yeah. So I'll just wave my little hands in front of the good people at Joby. Um, or darn it, I might have to actually head out and buy one. <laughs> I'm Shelton Muller. I don't buy things. <laughs> no. Good. Thank you, Joby, again. Absolutely. And, uh, film and video extras here in Australia and, and, and Joby for, um, you know, not only honouring the competition, but for producing such a fabulous, fabulous product. Yep. It really is. It's Absolutely. great. Now, one thing that I... Uh, did forget to mention in version one of this episode, and that oh. was that uh, with the migration of the audio2.com website from the old HTML version to the new WordPress blog, I have registered a new domain. Because if you've looked at the site in the last week, you'll notice that 
you know, if you're just a shutter zinc listener and you don't listen to either of my other two podcasts, which is quite mm. understandable. Um, you, <laughs> well, well, no, I mean those two relate to audio, and, and our photography right. listeners are, you know, probably not wanting to be audio editors. So I thought you were being self-deprecating no, then, no, Bruce. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Far be it but, for you to be but, self-deprecating. <laughs> but, but my point is that, that Shutter Zinc listeners probably don't want to see posts about building the pod and, sh- and uh, sign language. Right. So what I have done is I have registered a new domain. So grab your pencil and your piece of paper and write down shuttersincpodcast.com because that domain will load up the audio2.com website but only show posts that have been categorized as Shutters Inc. So that way you, you will see you'll see any text posts if I've posted a message out that's just text but I've categorized it as Shutter Zinc because I want Shutter Zinc listeners to, to read it, it will show up, and any podcasts which are Shutter Zinc will show up, but you won't get anything which has not been categorized as Shutter Zinc. So Fabulous. hope that makes right. sense to everybody. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I didn't know that. You, this is this is news to me. That's great. That's yeah, fabulous. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. So I, I've actually registered a domain for the other two as well. Right. Like Building the Pod, I was able to get buildingthepod.com. Uh, sign language I couldn't get that was already in use by another legitimate um, business so I got signlanguagepodcast.com and shuttersinkpodcast.com so. oh fabulous yeah. well that's 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 great and you know um, we also I mean we've loved your emails and we oh, hope absolutely. you continue to send us but you can also leave comments that's uh, right on the uh, shuttersinkpodcast.com and audiotoyou.com that's right so uh, we'd love to hear what, what you're thinking and how much you're enjoying stroke not enjoying uh, the, the podcast <laughs> I imagine if you're not enjoying it you just won't come back but yeah. uh, if you are we'd love to hear and speaking um, of those who do love it and have emailed I got an email through the week from Jason Page and he said so first off awesome podcast you guys are great the crap crap giggle photo show is the best podcast that I've found don't change a thing <laughs> uh, maybe we should have just gone crap crap giggle giggle shutters inc podcast.com you know be a hell of a thing to type after www but you know it might have been more memorable yeah um, <laughs> well i also had an email during the week again from c young tam who's a melbourne boy yeah. um he says yes i'm a melbourne man uh so he's well he's probably still in bed i imagine here in this melbourne morning if he's smart very, yeah if he's smart yeah um but uh, he was talking about about, uh, and this is what we're going to talk about today, because the last little while we've been talking about issues that uh, some of our listeners have had with exposure under right. more difficult circumstances. You know, if, uh, if it's an easy situation, most of us can handle it and most of our cameras can handle it. But sometimes there are things that our cameras just, you know, don't seem to handle that well, or the situation is difficult and we aren't quite sure how to meter for it or, or to make sure that, you know, we can even get the shot. And that's that's why we're here at, at Shutters Inc. But uh, Si Young has sent us uh, an email and, uh, and an image attached, which we'll put on to uh, Shutters Inc. with his permission, which he mm-hmm. gives us. And he would like he says, I would like to say something in response to Paul Gowderu with photographing people in low light conditions. It reminded me about the condition I encountered when I was in Xi'an, China, end of last year. Been there too, mate. It's a yeah, an interesting town. Uh, I took some photos of an outdoor performance at night. I have attached a picture with this email so that you can see what I'm talking about. So check this out on on, on the Shutters Inc. podcast site. 
the object was about the object. They're beautiful Chinese dancers. <laughs> the object. Um, the object was about 15 meters or more away from me. So, sorry, Tsi Young. I just had to make you know the object. Maybe they're the object of your desire. I don't know. But they're <laughs> Chinese girls. They're dancers. So. Yeah. Let me just reword. The dancers were about 15 meters or more away from me. Because it was so far away and I do not own a flash, I had to use an ISO setting of 800. The aperture was 5.6. The shutter speed was 1 100th. Focal length was 300 mil. So there you go. Wow. And I used a tripod. I believe the available light conditions that I encountered were not as good as Paul's. Much to my surprise, the photo turned out very well. It is relatively sharp and there's good signal to noise ratio. What I'm trying to say that is, is that if Paul doesn't mind using a high ISO setting, he will still get really good quality photos. Plus, it will look much more natural than using the flash. I hope all of you will agree and find it useful. And that's why we're here, really, everybody. There, you know, there's this fraternity of us that um, we can share our knowledge. Exactly. That's that's what yep. it's all about. And I agree with you, actually, wholeheartedly, Tsi Young. Paul, perhaps uh, I'm not sure. I don't know that you've mentioned to us what ISO setting you're, uh, you know, you're, you're preferring to use, but Zhiyun is absolutely right. I would prefer to have, you know, the lighting dynamics that are created by the, you know, the situation you're in, um, in my image, and a little bit more noise in the image than actually use flash. I really would. Because when you photograph a performance, often you're photographing something that lighting technicians have spent a long time setting up. Yeah. And you can benefit from that because they set up lights to highlight the performance and to highlight the performers. They know what's going to happen and they know what colors and you know uh, positions of lighting and kinds of lighting are required. If we're using flash, then all we're going to do is negate that. We're also going to interrupt the performance and perhaps even put off the performers to some degree. So I would suggest certainly uprating your ISO if indeed you have to. Uh, but remember here that Zi Yong is using an aperture of 5.6 as a shutter speed of 1 100th. If he was, use, uh, if he was using a lens that was an f1.8 or 2.8, he's got a couple of stops at least. Mm. So he could, uh, you could use 800 and a faster shutter speed or bring your, bring your ISO down to 400 and well, still have a faster shutter speed than 1 100th. Not only that, but he, has, he was using a 300mm lens and you may not need to use something quite that long. So uh, he's been quite successful in producing this image. And Paul, I would suggest that maybe you try not using flash and see what you get away with. Yeah. Uh, I really would. And what we're going to do is, is talk today about um, exposure, just a, a top 10 rundown and so that we can well, I don't know, run these through our head every time we're in an exposure situation that requires a little bit of, oh, what's happening here kind of thinking. Yep. So if you've got your pen and paper handy uh, or 10 fingers, um, you know, just count these off because we're going to go through them uh, in this podcast so that we, we have our 10 top exposure tips. And uh, the first one is take a mid-tone with you. Uh, to take something that is gray, a gray card, uh, you know, or something, or to look for a gray or mid-tone in your image. Uh, Kodak have for decades now produced a gray card, uh, which, you know, is, is an 18% gray, which is what your camera meters for. Now, there's some arguments, some say 12%, some say 14%. Pete's sake, go and have a coffee and get a life. It's around 18%. If it's a little <laughs> bit off that... You know, it, we're not going to get really technical here. What we're talking about is that the camera meters for a mid-tone gray. 
that's what your camera's meter is designed for. So if you're in a black situation, it will overexpose. If you're in a white situation, it will underexpose because it is endeavoring to make that situation gray. And that's why in performance photography, when there's a lot of dark background, uh, you think you have to use this incredibly slow shutter speed, but you don't. It's mm -hmm. like the old rule of photographing the moon. The moon is a sunlit object, and therefore you can use a fairly fast setting you know, to shoot the moon. Uh, only because it's surrounded by black does your meter go, ooh, it's very dark in here. It's the same situation with performance it's, and, and, and vice versa. Remember that your camera is looking to set dark things gray and make bright things gray. So if you carry a gray with you, like a Kodak gray card, then all you have to do is put that in the, in the, you can put that in front of the camera, make sure that it is receiving the same kind and quantity of light that your subject is. In fact, you can have your subject hold the gray card and then use your spot meter to meter from that. And that works in, for, in several ways. If you're setting up a portrait you know, in an available light setting, uh, you can meter off the gray card, set your exposure manually, and even take a picture with the subject holding the gray card, because then later when you get your image into the computer, if indeed you wanted to post-process it in any way, you've got a reference picture with a gray card. And using the mid eyedropper in your curves box, you can not only get the you can you can set that to get the uh, cor the correct exposure. If indeed that wasn't the you know what you did the first time, although why would you hold the gray card and get you know <laughs> if you done that? But let's say you hadn't. The other thing that it does too is uh, set your white balance and, pr and and get that absolutely spot on, uh, which you know is a great thing. So. Uh, there's a great product made by Lastalite called the Easy Balance. Uh, I acquired one yesterday, and it's actually one of these fold-out uh, type, you know, the, the the reflectors you get, Bruce, that you can twist yep. and fold. Well, this one's only 30 centimeters across, and okay. it fits in fits into your pocket. And it's it's a gray card that you carry around in your pocket. You know, the Kodak gray cards are actually made of cardboard, and so right. they can be very, you know, you know, yeah, with the pain to carry around. But this thing flips and folds into a oh, little okay. bag, yep. and you pop it out, and then it's a gray card, and you know, it's perfect. And it has a white; it's perfectly white on the other side. Oh, cool! And yeah, so, and so you, can you use it even, as a reflector as well. You can use it as a little reflector. Absolutely, <laughs> oh, sweet. it's fabulous. Uh, they they retail in Australia for about sixty dollars. You can get right. them at a company called KL K A Y E L L dot com. Yep. Uh, com dot au. I can't remember. I think it's dot com dot au. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have a look. It's called the Easy Balance. E Z Y Balance, uh, and it's a great little product. I would suggest that all of us go out and get one of them as well, because they. Uh, I'm going to be using mine all the time to make a reference photograph. If I'm shooting a wedding, for instance, with a bride and a groom, I want a reference photograph for color and for exposure. Bang! I get the subject to hold the gray card, take a picture, also take an exposure reading, and then that in that lighting situation, set my camera manually. Bang! 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 Yeah. Bang! And all my photos will be consistent. Yep. So, tip number one for exposure, and as a side point, white balance get a gray card or take a mid-tone with you. I mean, you could probably make one, uh, you know, uh, get a can of gray spray paint that's, you know, pretty close to and it'll be good enough, but hey, go out and get the real thing and then you're going to be exact, you know? Mm. Uh, but this this Lastolite, uh, L-A-S-T-O-L-I-T-E, Lastolite Easy Balance, is a fabulous little product. And in fact, cleverly, they've even put... Um, 
a little sort of scope and cross setting right smack bang in the middle of it in very fine white lines so it doesn't actually change the exposure mm-hmm. but it gives you something to focus on because your camera yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's so, so you can set point. exposure yeah, yeah. Uh, if it was just a grey card the camera wouldn't know wouldn't have anything to focus on because it looks for contrast but it gives you this little scope cross sort of thing in the middle that you can focus on and set your exposure that's manually a, that's an okay. interesting point hmm. tell me if you're in let's say you've switched to manual focus hmm does that bother the light meter? No. No. Right, so you that, could be to... totally out of focus, but still the light meter will still read the whole scene. Mm, yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. You, yeah, absolutely. It's just that uh, in autofocus, it sets the focus first and, mm. you know, and then, uh, and you know, it saves you mucking about. I think it's just a very smart thing for them to have done. Uh, and it makes no difference to the exposure because it's, it's so fine. The lines are so fine that they'll yep. give you something to, to focus on. Point number two, and this is how I've set up my D200, use your histogram. Every time I take a photograph now, my camera is set up so that the, if it's auto review and histogram at the same time. Uh, yep. The thing I love about the Ricoh GR and the Caplio GX100s that I've got is that you can live histogram. You set the oh, camera on. Nice. It's awesome. And I think the Olympus, the new Olympus SLRs also allow you to live histogram. Oh, so wow. that while you're setting up a landscape, you know, uh, or, or a portrait, you can set your exposure and get this beautiful histogram, you know, right across and you know, wow, I'm going to get the most information in my image. Yeah. So uh, don't just rely on what the camera is revealing in the screen as, oh, this, this worked out but use your histogram uh, to make sure that you haven't blown out the whites you know or have too much too much shadow you know or too much towards the left which means you've wasted information in the dark side uh, you know or 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 blown it out on the on the on the left side on the high side use your histogram to make sure that you haven't well you know done too much of either it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a histogram that is perfectly formed in the middle because if you're exposing low key or high key and we'll talk a little more about this your histogram will be biased either towards Mm. you know the left or the right hand side of itself but uh, use it anyway so that you get a you get the screen playback and your histogram which is a more accurate rendition of what the nature of the information in your image is also, watch the background. We, you, we should all know this, but what the background, and we talked about this in point number one, uh, can influence your exposure incredibly. For yeah. instance, as we've discussed, performers in a black setting, uh, skiers in a white setting, they will very, you know, very much so uh, affect your exposure. So be careful of that. And similarly, beware of, of highlights. Uh, if you're exposing for um, a dark subject, uh, sometimes a, a, a bright area might be blown out um, as a result of that. So, again, it requires proper metering. And the thing with digital is that we, we do need to be very careful of the highlights. So, that's why point number five, and this is something I don't think we do enough. We leave our cameras on, on, on a multi-pattern metering setting when really, we have, if, we, if our cameras have a spot metering setting, use it. A friend of mine, Greg Bayer, he lives in spot metering and he meters off people's faces. He's a people photographer, does a lot of wedding and portrait work and he meters from faces all the time. I'm going to actually suggest that he now get one of these last to light easy balances and just carry that around because uh, it will, you know, no matter where his, if he's got his camera on a tripod, he doesn't have to take it off the tripod to meter on the face. You can just ask the subject to hold the gray card where a spot meter set, you know, is yep. and, uh, and take an exposure reading. But 
spot metering, if you, your camera's spot metering, spot metering has been used for a long time now in handheld meters. If you've got it in your camera, it's a very, very uh, handy, very handy tool to have, especially in tricky lighting situations. And Paul, this would apply to you as it would to Tsi Jung and anybody else who does performance photography, meter with your spot meter for the face. And that way, you that's the important part of the performer. That's where the expression is. And your spot meter will certainly help you there. There's no substitute for that. Which raises another question from me. Mm. Is it okay, let's say you wanted someone in the image, but you also wanted, you know, whatever was in the background as well. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to zoom in on their face mm -hmm. and then spot meter and then you know wind your your lens back out to a shorter focal length to recompose like is that as yes. as effective uh, a zoom lens is, is is almost the same as a spot meter if your camera doesn't right. have spot metering it's a great solution bruce and i'm great, glad you raise it okay. if you, you can actually zoom in uh, even if you had sort of full full screen metering on you can zoom right in set your camera manually which i prefer to do you know you have these exposure lock buttons on cameras but you've got to yeah. keep your finger on them and la la just 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 set your camera to manual and yeah. you know you don't have to muck about you can take your hand off the camera and it'll still be the same exposure um but yeah that's a great idea uh zoom in meter for that then recompose and use that exposure setting and away you go uh it's it's effectively spot metering really and right. we can you know it's a very great it's a good thing if we multi-pattern or matrix metering as nikon call it and uh, is a great thing it's 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 absolutely fabulous and it just gets better with every generation of cameras but it's still it's still based on the time you know t time tested uh, theory of an 18 percent gray and um you know so this this that's that's why we understanding exposure is so important uh and also uh, point number six uh, if your subject is large in the frame and very bright uh, and you haven't got a mid-tone, you can use, you can, or, or vice versa, your subject's large in the frame and very dark, then always remember that you can just adjust the setting by two stops either way. For instance, um, if you're photographing someone wearing a white jacket in a black background, you could meter off the jacket um, and because that's white, your camera's going to try and make it grey. But all you have to do is say, ha, 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 you're a camera and I'm a human being. I know better than you. And just overexpose in inverted commas. I've got my little fingers here doing the inverted commas thing. Um, <laughs> and just overexpose a couple of stops. And so so you're saying l allow the camera to meter off the white jacket and mm -hmm. assume that that's an 18% grey. and Which then, is what the camera will do. Yep. And, and then just dial it back two stops. Yep, open it up another couple of stops, oh. either, you know, slower shutter speed or wider aperture, and it will basically bring you back to close enough to what you, you got. Two, two and a half stops is usually the uh, the difference between, <coughs> excuse me, what the camera will meter and, and, and what, it, what it will be. The reverse would, would, would be true in terms of black. Let's say you're photographing a, a groom and he's leaning against a wall and you've got this big black jacket and, and you know, you could meter for the skin tone, of course, that's fine, that's great. Take your last light easy balance with you. But, you know, if you can't be bothered and it's metering off the black, just open it, uh, just, you know, uh, close it down rather. Uh, a stop or two, I would suggest two, to return the grey that the camera will make the jacket to the black. But again, if if the camera has multi-pattern metered and taken into account the wall he's leaning on and the skin tone, it might not actually give you as off 
a reading as two stops, but it will still actually tend to overexpose that black jacket because it's so large in the frame. So one, two stops, you know, bracket your exposures if need be, but that is basically even if you don't do that, it helps you. It helps us to understand the difference between what the camera is metering for and doing, and what we should actually do for our, do ourselves. Uh, point number seven: uh, meter for the highlights. And I would particularly suggest this for performance photographers, but for really any situation, especially if we're using digital. In the days of film, well, that, that, remember that stuff we used to buy and put in the back of our cameras um, <laughs> was made of this pliable sort of plastic stuff. Really cool. Um, if you're using, you know, in, the, in in film, if we were shooting with negative film, uh, we would be. You know, we, we were told that the film had enough latitude, enough brightness range, contrast range, to you could expose for the shadows. Uh, and you wouldn't burn out your highlights, but you get the detail in the shadows. But that is not true with transparency film, and that is not true with digital sensors. Mm. Meter, meter for the highlights, because you'll always have... if. You, detail in the shadows if you've metered for the highlights there will always be something you can you can see or even bring up in post-processing if you want to this is a surprising amount of information in shadow area in a digital sensor that you didn't know was there yeah. even in a JPEG but yeah. if you blow out the highlights there's it's no gone, it's gone it's gone <laughs> yeah so meter for the highlights and that's a good thing because it will always mean um, either a smaller aperture if that's what you want or a faster shutter speed which is usually what we want mm -hmm. so Paul uh, Zee Young anybody who's doing performance photography yes meter for the highlights and uh, you'll get a blacker background thus establishing your character's performance even more by making them stand out against that background yeah a faster shutter speed and uh, a sharper image so that's a, that's a great great point point number eight and uh, is to carry filters with us and I'm talking particularly about exposure related filters uh, and this is really something we don't think about in the digital age but you know they are very very important a neutral density grad which we've talked about mm -hmm. often on Shutter Zinc is a fabulous way to balance exposure between a bright background and a dark foreground or the other way around and all we have to do is turn the filter upside down uh, this balance, you know, I, I did uh, a landscape in Canada with an Alpenglow mountain and a very dark sort of uh, river bed foreground, and my grad saved me. Yeah. And I, uh, it really did. Uh, I just had to take one photograph. I, I didn't need to uh, take three and then put it into Photoshop HDR in a high <laughs> dynamic range. Now, the, here's the interesting thing I did actually do that. I took one with a grad filter. And then I took three separate exposures, one on, one under, one over, yep. uh, of the same thing. And I put them into HDR and I let Photoshop do its job. And it was terrible when compared to what I had done in one frame <laughs> with, with a, graduated a grad. <laughs> with a grad, you know. Uh, so we get it right in camera, folks. And a grad yeah. filter is a great way to do that. Yeah. Uh, also, think in terms of a new. Uh, what about just a straight neutral density filter? What if um, you know we want to perhaps minimize depth of field in a portrait setting that's outdoors, but it's very bright? Well, a neutral density filter, you know, an ND, yep. ND8, ND8. ND, mm -hmm. yep, which is I always suggest go for the dark one. Yeah, uh, is all you really need, and you know, uh, carry that with you. Uh, even if you're doing, you know, if you want to sort of do time exposures or milky sort of waterfall shots, yeah. uh, an ND8 is a great filter to have in terms of exposure 
uh, and also you'll you know you'll uh, you'll be able to uh, you'll find all sorts of uses for a gray uh, for a, for a neutral density filter and here's something we don't often think of in terms of exposure but a polarizing filter is also very handy for exposure especially yep. when you want to get that saturated blue sky uh, without you know uh, uh, but you need to perhaps expose for the foreground a little bit uh, the polarizer will keep that saturated blue and still allow you just to sort of maybe in terms of or in inverted commas overexpose which you're not technically doing you're correctly exposing but I've got my little fingers going again um, a polarizer will keep the blue better in a blue sky uh, while you you know try and expose for a foreground um, and is certainly you know worthy of having uh, it also will just sort of balance things out a little often in a, in a, in a situation for, in terms of exposure a lot of very purist very you know by the book nature photographers who don't like to use effect filters in a, in, in in their landscape work will still use a polarizer I know Galen Rowell um, yep. the late great Galen Rowell uh, he used a polarizer he was not one for you know he didn't use tobacco grads and all that that kind of thing he used neutral density grads and a polarizer he was a he didn't he didn't ever want to change the look of the landscape he was photographing but he realized that film and had he lived long enough he would have gone digital no doubt film and digital have their limitations in terms of what they actually you know record when compared to the human mm. eye and he'll he would do a balance that would be balanced that off by either using a polarizer or a neutral density grad so these kinds of filters do also help us with our exposure point number nine uh, use reflectors or fill flash to balance out uh, light in dark areas so that means that you could still for instance if you're photographing a backlit portrait say a bride beautifully backlit which is what we love to do mm -hmm. you can use a reflector to throw a little bit of light back and balance that off the eye will see the detail but your sensor or your film will not um, use your fill use your fill flash as well dial it down a little don't necessarily allow the camera to make that judgment for you they're set to sort of really blast away and really fill but sometimes it looks a little unnatural dial it down a stop you know and 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 uh, or, or two if, if that's what you want to do but have a little bit of uh, light thrown back a reflector is a very handy thing to have if you can buy one of those fold-out reflectors oh, uh, you, you'll just won't know yourself <laughs> Um, so that's point number nine. Point number ten, and here's something that I really want to make the you know uh, stick in our minds: that exposure is a creative tool. So it's certainly a technical tool. We need to get our exposure correct. But the question remains: what is correct exposure? The camera will say one thing, but we are the humans here. We're the boss. So if we say that it's not that, but this, because we are maybe photographing something low key. We want, you know, maybe a dark subject just rim lit against the background, uh, or we're going a high key. You know, we want to we want to have our histogram way over to the right with very little darkness in it. That's where we have control, and that's where we can take a scene, and we can, in landscape photography, portrait photography, any kind, uh, still life, any any architectural, we use exposure to be creative, so that what we want to stand out in the image or how we want it to appear whether we want it dark and moody or bright and happy exposure is that tool so what the camera says is correct exposure may be true 
but you have the right and the option and I would certainly suggest you know the need to often disagree with it and say well what mm. I really want to do is make this subject stand out you know in as a dark I took a photograph of a man in China standing on a balcony and uh, I deliberately underexposed it like a couple of stops right. and all you can really see uh, is is his outline rim lit you know in this sort of uh, very gray depressing sort of setting as he stands there smoking a cigarette um, and it's it worked I did the same thing with a, an old man leaning against the wall at sunrise uh, in Turpan in western China and uh, he, he's just rim lit by the sun now the camera told me to make this exposure that was well and truly two stops over what I eventually did yeah but my my shot I deliberately underexposed and I've been got my little fingers going in in the inverted commas because it's not underexposure it's correct exposure for what I wanted yeah I deliberately set the camera two stops under what it told me to do and had the man beautifully rim lit uh, against this setting and that's how he looked that's how I wanted him to appear and so I used my exposure creatively not just technically so you know let's get this through our heads that this is what we can do paul you can certainly do this with your performance photographs from what i've seen and in feed anyone who's you know in that situation use your exposure to make the image the way you want it to be correct exposure is often what you say it is um and so yeah. you know that really is the final point that's point number 10 of our 10 top tips for exposure and I hope that if we get that understanding correct that we'll be able to face any situation and then say okay I know what to do here I know exactly what I'm going to do here yeah and away we go I'd suggest you copy and paste these off the show notes from the website and print them out on a little piece of card and stick it in your camera bag mm-hmm mm-hmm yep that's just, a good idea we'll do that just keep them in mind yep absolutely I think we'll I'll do be doing that, that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that that's a good idea. Uh, a really good idea. We'll yeah. we'll we'll type them up, put them on the website, and you can download them and, and use them. Keep them because they are, you know, exposure is just one of those things that constantly plagues photographers. Yeah. But uh, you know, a basic understanding of the fact that we have control and correct exposure is what we say it is is often really our savior. So, um, you know, what uh, do that? Absolutely, do that. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Shelton. That's a pleasure. And no worries. At all. Thank you also to the good people at Joby for uh, mm -hmm. for sponsoring this episode of Shutter Zinc. We appreciate very, that. Yeah, very appreciative of their support. So. And, uh, yep, www.joby.com. Go to there and have a look at the Gorilla Pod. Really, it is a fabulous little product. Absolutely. Um, and, mm. and, and next week we'll have a chat about the Gorilla Pod SLR and the SLR Zoom. Yes. Which I'm excited to hear about. Mm, we'll be talking <laughs> about that and uses for it. And, uh, you know, again, just reminding our, our listeners of this great, great little product. Absolutely. So thank you all again for tuning in. Mm -hmm. And don't forget that new domain name, Shutters Inc. Podcast, all as one word, dot com. So I'm going to check uh, it out now. Yeah. Type that into your browser and that will just bring up the audio2.com blog with only Shutters Inc. items in it. So, Fabulous. And, uh, Fabulous. of course, don't forget, you can leave comments on the website now. You can, as always, email Shelton at Shelton mm -hmm. at audio2.com or you can email me either Bruce at audio2.com or studio at audio2.com. And yeah, yep, absolutely. Keep taking pictures and uh, keep sending us your pictures and, and emails. We really enjoy hearing from you. It's nice to know you're all out there and listening. Absolutely. All right, mate. Talk to you next week. You bet, Bruce. Thanks, mate. See ya. Bye. Now, how much of that did you understand? 
audio to you delivers the best quality podcasts direct to your desktop or portable. You be the boss. Hear what you want to hear. When you want to hear. Hit us today. And remember, control D to bookmark. Audio to you.com. <laughs> it's all over, Mark. It's all over. <laughs>